the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Whether you're driving one of these. One of these. Or someday, even one of these. Whatever you're driving, Motormouths has answers for all of your automotive questions. And now your host, Jason from Absolute Auto Tech. Good morning and happy new year, everyone. Oh, that was really loud. I bet it was, but that's okay. That's me. I'm loud. I'm obnoxious. What can I say? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. This beautiful, crisp, cool winter morning. In January, yes, January. Okay, I got to make sure I got my right month. I'm just, uh, I've been writing one, but not January. <laughs> not yeah. grammar school anymore. <laughs> well, that's what you look like over there, man. We haven't seen each other in about two or three weeks Yeah, now. it's been a while. Oh, <laughs> so if you have the time, the place, the space, the parts, the inclination, and the information, I want to help you with your car problems, car questions, your car questions. I said that twice. Give me a call, 805-543-8830. This is Jason, your motor mouth. Give us a call and let's talk cars. I, uh, I, It's amazing what how complex our cars are. We talked about this a few weeks ago about how, you know, in the past, in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 50s, you could print, uh, for most cars, you could print the whole wiring diagram on one page. And uh, the other day I was doing... Uh, trailer wiring on a truck on a gm truck trying to figure out where the short was on the wiring and there was three different rpo codes so rpo is regular production um rpo regular production i don't know what the last what the o stands for um the um but there was three different codes there's three different wiring systems on this truck and each wiring system had multiple pages of wiring diagrams for the system because on the that particular gm vehicle which was i think it was like a 16 or something um it had you had a wiring setup the truck was came pre-set up or wired to be able to have a plug in the middle of the bed or somewhere in the front of the bed for a camper, but then also had wiring for a bumper pull trader, and then had a splice out for another connector for a fifth wheel or a gooseneck trailer, and then it had um, everything set up for the brake controller, and then nowadays it used to be you just ran, you just take a little scotch lock or a or a pig t- a piece of wire. Uh, I'm sorry, tie into the brake light and the different turn signals, the running light and ground wire on the back of the vehicle. Nowadays, the trailers are have their own fuses, the trailer wiring, the trailer lighting, have their own fuses, their own relays, their own controls, so that if your trailer's shorted, it doesn't take out the lights on the vehicle. Um, so there's a lot of really cool things, but it also makes it super complex. and. That's why I've added, if you have the information, because there's so much going on, so many variables, so many variances now, that you really need to have that information. And that's one of the first things you need to start with when you're going to do a project on your car. Um, 
even wiper blades, it seems like. It used to be click, click, boom, no big deal. Uh, in the 2000s or so, 90s, we started going these really snap-in, click, no big deal wiper blades. And they were pretty universal for the most part, other than Europeans. Um, they're pretty straightforward and simple. And once you've done one, you've done them all. No big deal. Now, since the eh, 20-teens, I would say, we have come into a whole slew of different types of attachments for our wiper blades, uh, where they attach to the wiper arm. Um, the only thing is I can think why you would do that. The only reason I can see you doing that would be, first of all, to make your vehicle more unique, um, but then and not have to pay patent rights to somebody else. But it makes them stronger. Um, not that we need them stronger, but if you're a person that drives in, you know, gale force winds, the wipers, you know, if you're driving at a wind that's, let's say, let's say the wind's 40 miles an hour and you're driving at it at 60, that means you have, you're have you running your wipers at 100 miles an hour, realistically. Um, and that can be very difficult uh, for the arm, for the blade, to, for the arm to push the blade on the window uh, and and clean it well. Um, there's a lot going on, and if you're in a snowy, uh, really uh, cold climate, that can be very difficult for the wipers to clean the window. Um, so I can see why you would change from the standard. The other thing is, is our windshields are getting bigger. So uh, it used to be our wiper blades were between you know 13 inches long and 19 inches long, and well, psh, no big deal. Now we want 26, 28-inch long wiper blades. Well, you need a lot more downward force to hold that against the windshield to get a good, clean fit. And it used to be wiper blades were there to, eh, they just kind of help out when you absolutely couldn't see. Now we want a windshield which is basically streak-free and clean, just as if it was a sunny day. And if you consider... <clears throat> Some of the cameras and advanced driving uh, assistance options that have to s that have cameras that look through the windshield. Now you've got you've got to make sure the windshield's clean for that device. There's a lot going on with our cars nowadays, and so you really need to do your research ahead of time. and And we had a, I had a I had a listener come by and talk to me about his experience with changing an axle. Well. He was changing a front axle on a, oh, a 2000-ish Lexus, Toyota, basically. Um, Toyota Highlander, basically. And um, he had to fight and fight, and he watched a YouTube video that showed him how to do it faster and easier. And it ended up making his life much harder because the YouTube video wasn't for his exact model. It was for Toyotas around that range, that about that about that fit. And it made his life really hard trying to reassemble the vehicle. Coming apart came apart really easy, but reassembly was really difficult for him. So you really need to watch your YouTube videos. And, and I guess I forget that because I am in the industry and I sit down and, you know, I'll, I will, I don't know how to do this particular job. So I'll look on YouTube real quick to see if it can help make my life easier. So I'm not chasing my tail so much because even with, Wow, two, three different information platforms at my disposal uh, that I pay a monthly fee to, 
they they have major gaps in them and can't help me all the time. So I end up going to YouTube on occasion and going, well, hmm, how did this guy do it? Um, and it can be a big help. The problem, though, is sometimes I have to watch nine different videos. I mean, I skip through. I don't watch the whole 20-minute video. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll watch nine different videos to find a person that actually re- is working on the vehicle I want with the variances I want with the – with actual information, so many of the YouTube videos are some person with the camera faced at themselves taking a video of themselves talking. And my frustration is that I don't care what you look like. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you have to say other than information based on the vehicle I'm working on. And if we're going to be working on a vehicle, you know, how, how about if I put it this way? If I'm interested in how you apply your makeup, then I probably want to see your face while you're doing it. But at the same time, if I'm interested in how you fix a car, I want to see the car, exactly. not your face. Yeah, you want to see a car, something that resembles what you're working on. Exactly. If I want to be, I want to learn how to uh, frost a cake, I don't want to see your face talking about frosting a cake. I want to see you with frosting. a knife or a, or whatever tool p- p- applying frosting, frosting to the cake. cake yeah. So... I have a major frustration with YouTube, and the other problem with YouTube is is any idiot that has a camera that knows how to post the video on YouTube can be on YouTube, and all that is requ- that's all that's required to be a YouTube expert. It doesn't mean the video is good. It doesn't mean the video is informative, or it doesn't mean the video actually can answer your question. So when you get ready. Try to do as much research as possible when you take on your project. And even, and I'm, and it sounds silly and stupid, even wiper blades. Well, you know, I was just thinking about something, Jason. The wiper blades of today are better, I think. And personally, I mean, don't you remember, like, I, I kind of remember, like, when you would go get wiper blades, you may not get the whole assembly. You might get the little rubber the refill, piece, yep. the refill in there. And so then... If part of your assembly was bent from before, guess where, what? Yep. You still don't have that part of your window getting clean, your or, windshield. Or if you bent it while installing it, yeah. or you did it wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah and those, you, could save, you could save three bucks and end up spending an hour and a half fixing it so that you saved your three bucks. You're like, what, what did I do this for? Just go get a new assembly. Yeah, you go down to Westside Auto Supply and you get a complete assembly. I think it's kind of funny, too, because a lot of the... Some of the newer cars, too, they'll have, like, one, you know, on the driver's side, it goes up to the left, and then the passenger side goes up to the right yep. or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they fold together. Yep. They go to the kind of directions. electronics of that's kind of interesting to me, actually. But, um, There's no electronics. It's uh, just a mechanical arm. One yeah. motor and a mechanical arm on 90% of wiper arms. Wow. Well, but then you might have a longer blade on one side oh, and yeah. a shorter blade uh-huh. on another side yeah. because of that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, um, it's just... There's so many different variances oh, with there wiper is. It's blades. Incredible. Oh yeah, in lengths. So I, I want to say some of the Priuses have like a a twenty uh, a twenty six or twenty four inch blade on one side and like a fifteen inch blade on the other side. And it's so funny. Watch that little tiny blade come along that great big blade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get some of the Mercedes who have one arm mm-hmm. does the whole windshield. That thing is the tip of that arm has got to be moving at nine thousand miles an hour. I mean, it's moving mm-hmm. really really fast. Um, across that glass so there's a lot of options out there's a lot of things going on well that's kind of funny too because like the more expensive cars sometimes they'll have the the windshield wiper blades on the headlights and stuff like that yep. so, so you you want to be careful with those too because 
you may or may not use it, but then when you do use it and the rubber's worn out, you scratch, scratch your headlight. Yep. yep. We had one just the other day. A customer came in with, and I, and I pushed the rear wiper blades all, a lot because um, they, um, the rear wiper blades, you don't use them. Most of us don't use them a lot. Some people use them all the time, and that's great. That's what they're there for, so you can see out the rear window. But the, for those of us that don't, well, you kind of ignore it, but then when you accidentally push that button or you need it that day or whatever, and the arm, the blade's all torn up and that arm just scratches that window, now that scratch is there for the life of the car or until you replace that window. And it's a very expensive, oh, man. And you can't go back in time. It's kind of like that accident. You know, if I had just not followed so close. Yeah. <laughs> so There's your first thing. <laughs> Don't follow so close. You might avoid an accident. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, of stuff out there, and, and there's a lot of information available. Um, there, I know there's a few, um, few programs that you can actually rent by the day, uh, information stuff. All Data, I think, is one you can rent by the day. And there's a lot of really good information in there. Just be careful, because like anything else, All Data is a huge program with a lot of information, and you can really get lost um, so make sure you, you plan for your information gathering as part of your projects. Uh, and, and honestly, it really doesn't matter what the project is. I mean, I'm talking automotive repair right now, but even um, I, t- I t- cooked a turkey for, for Christmas in the barbecue. And I did a bunch of research ahead of time. Unfortunately, I blended three or four things together, and um, my my... my my saying around the house is, is, I don't cook because lives are on the line. And that's why I tell everybody, I don't, I don't want anybody dying, so I'm not going to cook. So <laughs> well, it's just my turkey. It turned out really cool, but it also had some really odd parts to it because of my first one. And I did some research, and I kind of mixed up my research, I think. So, um, be careful your research, and make sure you do a lot of research before you start your project. We have Terry from Grande. Good morning, Terry. How are we doing this morning? Good morning. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Hey guys, we're talking about windshield wipers. Uh, about five years ago, I bought a used F-150 pickup, and when I turned the wipers on, they used to uh, make a lot of noise and chattering going up back and forth, and I tried everything. I put new wiper blades on a couple times. I even tried cleaning the windshield with a real fine steel wool. Well, I saw this done on YouTube, and then used some Renex type stuff to get it real smooth and that didn't work and I even a year ago I had a new windshield put on because of cracking my windshield that still didn't work my windshield wipers still chatter and make made a lot of noise going back and forth doing a little bit more research I found out that the wiper arms themselves could get twisted and bent and that is not allowing the wiper blade itself to go back and forth as it just goes up and down on your windshield. Well, I finally got smart, and I bought me two brand-new windshield wiper arms, and that took care of my problem. My wipers are quiet now. But I heard that those arms do get twisted, and that spring does wear out. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That the arms do. I've uh, had one the other day. Actually, a customer came in with uh, had got caught in um, in the uh, car wash. 
they accidentally pushed the button middle of the car wash cycle or I don't know what happened, but it twisted the arm. And that one was obvious and you couldn't use the wiper properly. But uh, yes, the arms twist and the springs wear out inside and it can create all kinds of weird stuff. Yes, I've seen that before. Interesting. I love that. Yeah, I thought I was passing that information along. Plus, I was lucky. I didn't have to mark my windshield because where my arms sit onto the motor is slotted. They only go on one position. So I had to worry about putting the wiper arms on wrong. That's neat. And, and that's something I see people do, too, is they put the wiper on wrong. They There's a lot of different things that uh, can happen when you're putting new arms on. Right. And, you're, and that was really cool that Ford timed them, if you would, so you couldn't yeah. mistime them. That's neat. That's very okay. cool. I thought I'd pass that on. You guys have a good day. No, thank you very much for calling. That was that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, you have a great day and a great new year. And that and something I didn't think about is that yes, it, you know, you get new wiper blades, and everything done, and and now you still have problems. And it can be arm. It can be there's a little um, bushing in there that that uh, that the shaft for the arm fits on. And that bushing can get dry and make all kinds of noise. Um, I've seen that before. So you take a little bit of a, um, uh, shoot, silicone spray or dry graphite or um, there's another spray. I can't think of his name right now. And you spray it in there and get it into the shaft to, clean, to, to lube that bushing in there. Can, that can help also. Um, I have used um, Rain-X in the past, too, to help with... Um, different windshield issues, windshield wiper issues. There's uh, a lot of different things out there that can help with that. Rain-X is, in the past has been a really good product when I've used it. We got a, a text off the Stolberg, ta- uh, Stolberg uh, text line. Um, on my 2006 Civic, I still put the OE wiper blade refills. They seem to work. The best I tried, uh, I tried some others and they did not work as well. Some of the some of the manufacturers can do sell, and some cars work better with original equipment. Some cars don't. Thank you, Paul, for that. By the way, and thanks for yeah, thanks for texting in. Um, and I have seen some original equipment wiper blades really do a great job. Um, I've seen some of the aftermarket ones do a great job too. It just it kind of depends on your car, your model. Um, as with well, as with everything else, I have a I have five hundred thousand miles on my gasoline engine. So you know, on my whatever, my five point three liter GM engine, that means all GM vehicle engines are great. No, it just means that five three was great. So be careful expecting a complete line happiness from any manufacturer. But I like that. That's great. So if you have a little Civic, older Civic, you may want to consider going down to Sunset Honda and. And get a set of hyper blades, it might really make a big difference. Um, I know Westside sells two or three different brand and or quality levels of wiper blades. Um, and I believe Steve will help you with installation if you show so desire. If not, you can always bring it by our shop and we can help you with installation. We do, uh, of course, we install wiper blades, too, whenever needed, and um, try to help people with that kind of stuff. Because, once again, I have, I've actually had them come in and say, I bought the wiper blades from an auto parts store, not Westside. And the guy there, or the person there behind the counter could not help me install them. I tried. I watched YouTube. Still couldn't do it. Do you mind doing it for me, Jason? And I'll, I, I, I install them. 
Um, but I've also had spent 15 minutes on an oddball where it's gone, okay, what is going on? And had and figured it out and done it, and it's they're, they're not like it used to be. So we have Chuck from Slow. Good morning, Chuck. How are you doing this morning? Good. Well, I'm doing all right. Have a, I don't have a wind, uh, windshield wiper question. I have a windshield question, and that is uh, I had my windshield replaced uh, oh, probably two or three years ago. And after it was replaced uh, recently, I noticed it just seems to be getting pitted. And uh, and then one of the rains, uh, not this last one, before that, I turned on my windshield wipers and basically watched a scratch uh, appear uh, on my windshield. Is there a quality, a better quality windshield I can buy to... Um, um, eliminate that the, it, that has better glass than the aftermarket ones do. You can go back to original equipment on most cars if it's still available, depending on the age of your car and depending on whether the manufacturer offers it. Um, Steve over at Westside Auto Supply does off. They have a glass. They do National Auto Glass, um, and they have a company that, that they do it themselves. Um, you may want to ask him. There's another glass company in town also, and um, you may want to ask them. This is, I know there are different qualities available. I don't know which cars have what, and it may be, honestly, that there are two manufacturers of glass, and you're stuck with whatever you get, and it may be that there are three or four, and there's a high, you know, medium and low grade. Yeah, well, uh, Westside are the people that did, and I don't blame them for it. Uh, um, I just was kind of amazed that uh, it started getting pitted uh, as soon as it did, and just kept getting worse and worse. Now, now I live on a uh, uh, 2,000-foot Class 2 base uh, driveway, and that might have something to do with it. Uh, yes, it definitely can affect it. Yeah, and but I just you know I just figured well if I get a better windshield uh, this time, uh, but I didn't know if they made different you know qualities. Uh, well, that and you glass. may have a you may have one where you know um, it born on a Tuesday. I mean a Monday after or a Tuesday after uh, St. Patrick's Day type of thing <laughs> where the glass quality yeah. just wasn't there. You know, glass is not glass. I mean, it's not all the same and. Yeah. Maybe yours has less of the element needed to make it harder. Um, maybe they were having problems with the glass cracking because of the flexibility in your body, the body of your car, so they made it weaker. You know, there's a bunch of different things that play into that. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are, so, there are also uh, thinner glass windshields and thicker ones, like let's say the early Priuses, I want to say, ran a thin glass windshield to save weight. Um, so there's a lot of different options out there. I would see, I would call Steve and say, look, this is what happened. Uh, is there any yeah, other I, options? I don't, yeah, he I don't might blame them. They right. did an excellent job. Mine was very complicated for him to, uh, to do. It's a Corvette. And okay. It wasn't, okay. you know, a, a typical one, uh, but he did an awesome job on it. I have no, no complaints against Westside. And I would go back there again. Uh, I would just ask him to put a better, you know, quality of glass in it. 
and they and they may be able to find you one. And it may be one of those things where you want to call one of the GM dealers locally and ask them if they've seen this and if they have any experience with that. You may want to call two of them because one may never ever heard it, and one of them may have had a lot of problems. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. That answers my question. All right. Now I have a second question. Okay. Uh. What is a recourse when you um, pay a garage to do a job and uh, they charge you $450 to do the job and then you come home that night and you're saying, you know, where in the world, you know, did that money go? So I went on YouTube. I could have done the job in three minutes, three minutes, and that's including finding the wrench. It was three uh, uh, three bolts taken out, uh, the object taken out, and uh, a new one put in, uh, and three bolts tightened, and nothing had to be moved. Uh, it was right up front uh, on top of the engine. Uh, I don't want to re- recourse. I mean, how much does a garage uh, charge for a let's say a five minute job, you know, you know that, that I know your expenses are your insurance is high, your uh, rent is high, uh, your labor is uh, uh, for a good mechanic is uh, very very high, and I understand all of that. Uh, but um, four hundred and fifty dollars for something I should have done myself. Uh, yeah, but I didn't know the problem. I paid one hundred and seventy-five dollars to find out what the problem, or they they charged me five hundred and one hundred and seventy-five dollars to find out uh, what the problem was, and uh, uh, I just I couldn't believe that it was that expensive. Uh, so when I got home that night, I just went to YouTube, and uh, uh, this and it was just amazing to me uh, how quick this guy did it. Uh, I don't know, uh, because a mechanic, I'm sure, I don't know the labor hourly, but I would assume it's probably around 150 or more uh, for a good mechanic to work on your car. Uh, But uh, for a five-minute job, it just seemed like $450 was a little bit exorbitant, and that included the the part. And I don't know, I think the part was like $50, you know, so it... uh, uh, but the labor factor was just, you know, I don't know, $250 or something, $300. I don't know. The labor factor was a, uh, very expensive for a five-minute job that I could have done. And I'm not a mechanic. But uh, what, is, what is fair in San Luis Obispo County? You know, that that's a good question. And it's a fight that all shop owners and, and mechanics and everyone have. Uh, internally, uh, we all fight with that. Okay, well, can we charge this much? Are we charging too much? Are we charging too little? What's fair? And and for as far as a customer is concerned, something like that, you're in my opinion, unless unless something was done wrong, you're kind of stuck with it. You agreed to pay that, and 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 that's where we're at. Unfortunately, the problem is that as a as a shop owner and mechanic. There's uh, it sucks because you know yeah it was really easy in hindsight it could have been that easy but how much time did we spend figuring out that it was that easy 
um, how much time was spent researching parts and and th- there's a bunch of stuff that happens that if if you were the second of two Corvettes that needed that same pro- part within a day or two, well then yeah, that seems exorbitant. But if I never see it again, I have I have I have an example. Um, um, we had a, a a Land Rover come in and it needed a door lock actuator. Well, I hate doing door lock actuators because you have to take the door panel apart and their windshields are in the the windows in the way and they're a pain in the rump. And I fought this one for probably thirty minutes, and I was very frustrated myself because I think it only was a thirty minute job. So then I went on YouTube to see if I could find something because my repair information wasn't helping. A couple of guys showed me. I went and tried it again. I spent another 20 minutes, went back on YouTube, did more research, finally found a guy that did a good job of showing me, went back out, and I popped the thing out in like, you know, five minutes. Of course, I had the door panel and everything off already. So it took no time at all once I learned how to do it. But I already had an hour and a half into this five-minute job because I'd never done one before. Um, and once I learned how to do it properly, it was really straightforward and simple. But I so I lost in that way. So a lot of times, there's a uh, a flat rate manual, and it's basically average person doing the average technician doing that job that they're qualified to do. And this is how long it should take. If you've done a bunch of them, it can take a lot less time. If you've never done one before, it can take a lot more time. So it's it at the end of the day, you're looking at or the end of the week or whatever, you're looking at how efficiently were the guys on the jobs they're doing. And being that there are so many makes, so many models, so many variances of those models, it's really hard to be um, effective on all of them. And it can really eat your time up trying to learn each one every time. So, Yes, yeah, I understand that. So sometimes... I came came into your shop the other day because uh, my... Uh, engine light came on for the first time it, since I've been driving. I've never had an engine light come on. And uh, uh, he, he, he tried to work me in, but there, there was just no way. You guys were so so busy that uh, you couldn't uh, work me in. And so anyway, I drove drove off, and the day later, my light went off and never did come back on. And it was probably uh, this problem that made the light come on uh uh, to begin with, but uh, I was uh, disappointed that you guys were so busy, but I understand that, you know, uh, and he tried to work me in here. He went back and talked to the mechanic, and and uh, you were, you guys were just too busy to uh, work me in that day. And uh, so anyway, but uh, I appreciated him going back and trying to, you know, work me in. But I, now I wish, you know, uh, I wish you would have tried harder. You know, <laughs> I wish you guys wouldn't have been so busy. But you know, good good garages are busy. You know, good good businesses are busy. That's just the, you know the bottom line. But I did appreciate him uh, uh, trying to work me in. Uh, but you can't do the impossible. But anyway, that that makes uh, that makes sense. Um, and so anyway, I thank you for the answer. Okay, thank you very much for calling. I appreciate and I appreciate you attempting to let us work on it. <laughs> I'm sorry we were too busy. I tr- I try to make not, not try to make that not happen, but certain days and certain projects, you just never know what, how things are going to go and how complex and convoluted. And you get in there to do a, let's say you get into 
patch a tire, and then you find the tire's no good. And then mm-hmm. while the tire's off, you find that the brakes are metal to metal. And then once you get in the start, look at the brakes, the bearing's got a problem, which is what caused the pro- tire problem, which is caused all these things. And you just had an appointment for a tire repair really quick in and out, and here we have four hours tied up in this car. And it, and that's part of the nature of the beast, the difference between us and, well, in that way, the difference between us and a doctor I guess we're more like an emergency room than a doctor in that when you go into the emergency room and you've got the sniffles, let's say, or you don't feel good, and all of a sudden it becomes heart failure. They don't just sit down and go, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You know what? I don't have a time for you right now. Go home. Thursday at 4, we'll get you back in for heart failure. Somebody's coming in with cardiac arrest. (laughs) We're like, oh, sorry. Doctor's on lunch break. Right, exactly. (laughs) So um, (laughs) so in that way, you know, you don't want to sit down and tell the customer, well, you know, you need a wheel bearing and front brakes and whatnot. We're going to park your car out back for the next two weeks while we keep working. And you're like, wait a second. I needed a tire patch it is going to take two weeks <laughs> so it's, it's hard it's a difficult industry to to uh to make everything happen in a in a fun flowing way a lot of times unless you're just doing little pieces of a project and i hate that idea i want you to come in get the car fixed get it working and get it going yeah. so anyway uh let's take a little break and we'll be right back yeah we got a classic commercial we do have a text off the text line we'll get that right after the break uh classic commercial right now from ethel merman that's the texaco star thing Texaco presents miss ethel merman Trust is a must at Texaco. Trust is a must we know. You wanna be able to always rely on the gasoline, gasoline, motor oil, and products you buy. In everything that we do at Texaco, we're working to keep your trust. Is a must. So for products you can trust. Come on, everybody, let's hear it. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star, the big bright Mexican star. Are you sick and tired of dealing with the so-called new normal when we know there's nothing normal about it? How about dealing with the old normal for a change? Westside Auto Supply and Slow still offers the same old-school service they've been known for since 1946. They still offer the best quality auto parts, expert service, and the advice you deserve. Walking into Westside is like going back in time when the customer was king. With the latest technology and always competitive prices, Westside Auto Supply. Buy the best from the best. Absolute Auto Tech in San Luis Obispo wants to extend thanks to all of their loyal customers over the years. Drive safe on the roads and take the time to maintain your automobiles. You can count on Absolute Auto Tech for high quality repairs for your safety and safe driving needs. Absolute Auto Tech has been performing auto repair services since 1997 at the corner of Sacramento Drive and Capitolio Way in San Luis Obispo. Come by or call 547-1062. That's 547-1062.
So let's see. We got a text from. Let me get that back open. That page. I got one monitor here that runs four things. <laughs> so, so okay. So uh, from Greg, don't go where it's freezing cold without ensuring the window wash has antifreeze in it. New cars come with no antifreeze. It may become a very hazardous situation. All the blades likely will be ruined. Um, using them with wash that freezes in the um, on the windshield. Right, right, right. I've seen that. I've heard that when it starts getting really cold out, that the windshield washer fluid, if it doesn't have enough anticoagulant in it, it will just it won't pump. Or if it does pump, it goes around the windshield and just freezes the windshield, and makes it even worse. I've seen it in cold weather. A lot of cold weather people will put towels over their windshields. They will pick the wiper blades up off of the windshield. The other thing is if you're going to be in cold weather, it's a good idea to plan ahead, start the car and let it idle or you know run there for five minutes or so to warm it up so that you can use the defroster to clean the, to warm the windshield and de-ice everything. Um, there's a lot of cold weather cars that actually have a electric grid built into the windshield to help warm the wiper blades up so that you don't ruin them because uh, you could ruin a new set of wiper blades like instantaneously. So we got another text from Paul. Paul, sorry, but pictures don't work on radio. <laughs> <laughs> so if you meant to send us uh, send us some uh, send us that, well, thanks. That's a nice picture. But if you meant to send uh, something of a question, we need you to resend your text. <laughs> so Jim gets to enjoy your pictures, but nobody yeah, else yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. get to see him. <laughs> well, thank you. you know, I, I can turn around and show you the picture. It's a nice picture. Nice picture of the beach. Kind of wish it was oh, like wow. that today. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's amazing how high the, how high the tides were yeah. here. Yeah. Um, the damage out at Pismo, people lost their RVs and vehicles, and then we... Um, oh, we that's Royal Grande Creek. Oh, it's okay. where Royal Grande Creek crosses, it looks oh, like. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, that, yeah, it looks like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, how high it is. It's amazing. And Pismo, how high it is. Uh, there's videos of it cresting and damaging the piers. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out to see the uh, elephant seals. Oh, okay. And up by San Sam, yeah, yeah. took my nephews out there to see them, mm-hmm. and it was they were up on the up on the beach, and uh, not not on the beach. They were up in in within the the uh, greenery, um, mm-hmm. the plants and whatnot. I'd yeah. never seen them up so high, wow. so that they could get out away from the water. Wow! And uh, they were pretty lethargic when we were there. I don't know That's... if they were just worn out or it was nap time. <laughs> just enjoy them from afar. Yeah. Don't go down there and try to be their friend. No, no because don't take, take they, pictures with them. Don't put your kid yeah, on them. No, yeah. no, no, no. They way outweigh you and way out strength you. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> I, think yeah. The, I think the babies were born at like 50 pounds or something. That was the infant just born is 50 pounds. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the large males are 1,500 pounds or so. And, you know, so they're half the size of your car. Charlotte would have killed you if she had given birth to a 50-pound oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. I would have, I would expect her to kill me. My goodness. That, that was half her weight at the time. My goodness. <laughs> um, so, anyway, just really be careful of your research. Do a lot of research. Um I know, like years ago, I did a retaining wall at the house, and I wanted to make sh- I wanted to I wanted to make sure it turned out okay. So I did I did like four, five a week's worth of research um, every night. I get off work, 
And I would sit down and do research. How do I how do I do this to make it turn out? And it did. But what you're laughing? Oh, I'm just laughing because Paul did actually text us back just now. Oops, I meant to comment on using OE wiper blades on my 2006 Honda Civic. Still, they give me the best results. Sorry for the extracurricular info. <laughs> but it's a nice picture, Paul. It's a nice we picture really did beach, like yeah. it, and we kind of like to be down there today, actually. I, yeah, I would. It would be fun. Yeah. Um, the other thing I never saw was when we, were, we, went, we went out to Pismo to see what was happening, and the trailers that did survive were way back in the dunes. I'd never seen them so far back. And there was nobody down low next to the beach as far as camping. People walking and whatnot, no vehicles down low. It's just it, never seen it like that before. I just um, think it's funny too because you you just don't really want to drive down there right now. I mean, if it's if the if the tide's in that high and you don't know how deep the water in the creak is, Pismo is probably a not a good idea to drive yeah. down there. Pismo is a treacherous place. Yeah, uh, uh, Pismo Beach or Oceano Dunes, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a treacherous place, and it's not benign no big deal um people lose their cars there on a daily weekly basis um the sand is something completely different than if you've never been into it it's completely different Uh, the one thing i will say is if you get in trouble at pismo you take the the cap off your valve stem uh, off your uh your valve stem on your car you have a pin or pencil or a screwdriver whatever and depress the the valve core and let air out and bring the tire pressure down to half of what it was so it has a belly it looks like a looks like a fat boy with a little belly there um like you get your pants cinched up too tight if you would and um and you can drive a lot better you can roll across the dunes a lot easier and then go to the nearest gas station put more air back in yeah you don't want to drive at speed at at that like that no um yeah. We talked about that years ago about um the peace officers out there running flat t- running low tires and then not chasing them down the road and becoming dangerous if they were to do that. Um y- yeah, you want to go back but that will get you out. Um the other thing is is don't be afraid of hiring uh, a tow company to come and get you unstuck. Uh, yeah. Because that's the best they idea. have the experience um on new cars on new cars Depending on the car, there's a lot of new cars that have a hook, and it's in with your tire tools, mm-hmm. and the little plastic cover you pop off, you screw the hook into the into the body of the car, and then it can pull the car. That's awesome. Some cars don't, um, and you have to hook to a suspension point or a yeah. point under the car, onto the body, into the frame, if there's no frame, onto the unibody, and... If you don't, you tear bumpers off, you tear sway bars off, you tear axles off, you tear all these components and cost you a lot of money, and then you get to be towed also. So be very careful when when towing your vehicle, whether it's out of the dunes, in the mud, if you're off the side of the road, whatever, a very nice person willing to help you may cost you a lot of money on your newer car because they're not designed to be towed or pulled from the wrong points. Yeah, I don't know how much it costs to get towed off the beach. I'm sure it's you know substantial. Well, I imagine it's five hundred bucks. Didn't yeah, five hundred bucks probably. But when you think about it, five hundred bucks as opposed to huh, some of the vehicles are close to a hundred thousand dollars now. Five hundred bucks compared to my car's going to be towed to the repair shop to have it repaired, mm. and it'll be I'll have it in two weeks. Or you know, five hundred bucks as opposed to like uh, my car is going to be towed out to the middle of the ocean and now i don't have a car yeah yeah (laughs) 
So and and I've seen yeah. it. Uh, and and there's a lot there's a lot to cars. And when you're in that situation where you're stuck, you're stressed, you're <clears throat> you're worried that the tide's coming in, whatever. Uh, a lot of mistakes get made. Um, I know I towed somebody years and years ago with my Jeep, <clears throat> and they got kind of caught in the in the surf, and. Um, and I was hooked up to my Jeep in this little car, and I could not pull it, and I couldn't figure out why. And I was just driving me insane that I couldn't pull it in. The sand, had, the water had sucked the sand around the wheels and tucked it in. I'm like, okay, it's not, you know, I, I'm pulling hard. What's going on? And finally, I went up. I realized that he had had the parking brake on with it in park. And a front-wheel drive car with a parking brake on and in park. Oh, no. So he had locked both front and rear tires, and I'm trying to drag this thing stuck in the sand backwards with my little Jeep. Yeah. And finally, I yeah, released the parking brake, put it in neutral, and I popped it right out. That would be a lot easier a lot easier to tow when it's in neutral and yeah. something is not locking up the brakes. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, and it was just... A, we were. I, I was stressed because the water's coming in. He was stressed. We were trying to do it quickly. Um, I was trying to make sure I didn't tear off his bumper. You know, all these things that I was trying to make sure of, and then finally realized that that was the problem. Um, so there's a lot that happens, and having a tow person that knows how to tow, that does a, it, is good at it, can relieve a lot of that stress because they do that on a daily basis. It's no big deal. It's not. It's like you know, being there in the shop. It's just a car. I can handle it. Bring it on in. We can fix it. Um, so, and, and, and it doesn't just apply to Pismo, it just happens that's where we're at. Um, even High Mountain Road, Pozo, all these areas in our area, there's a lot of areas that can really cause havoc on your car and can be very dangerous if you're not cautious and aware. Um, I was out playing around the hills the other day and, uh, and found myself in a position where I was a little spooked, which is doesn't happen very often in all the years I've been off-road. And I am I had to be careful and really watch what I was doing because it could have gotten ugly. And that's a person with a lot of experience. Even people that have experience out of the dunes, they wreck, they they get stuck. Um, so just be careful. Uh, if, and not that it's not beautiful and fun. The other thing is, is if you're going to take your car out to the dunes, make sure you rinse the undercarriage really good uh, to get the sand and the salt off of it because it can it won't hurt today. It hurts in months and years in the future is when it starts rotting the inside of your, mm-hmm. rotting the undercarriage of your car and your vehicle. Um, and that's East Coast cars. There's not a lot of East Coast daily driver cars because they use salt to, um, to help with this, the ice on the roads, and that salt ruins cars. Uh, in the East Coast, uh, back East, uh, from what I understand, I'm had not experienced it, they actually have um, car wash stations that wash the underside of the car. I have never seen that in California, a car wash. Um, I don't know. You can? Yeah. Um, so the that, that may be something uh, to consider is finding out if there's a car wash, undercarriage wash in here in our area. Um just things to consider. But if you don't go out to the dunes with your car, it's not a big deal. I wouldn't sweat it. I, I, it's funny. I've seen uh, RV trailers that have been allowed. There's a, there was a company at one time. I don't they still do. There was a company at one time that took and would take RV trailers out to the Pismo dunes for people to stay in them. 
and they had a very very short life because the salt air this the spray the the sand would destroy them in in very short amount of time i'm i'm going to say they probably had a three to five year lifespan compared to a normal rv will last you know 20 30 years um it's just amazing how badly the salt destroyed them all right so let's get off of that anyway sorry i didn't mean to get into that so much too too deep um back to jeff's and thank you jeff for talking to me about this and, and bring it to my attention i didn't you know i do it it just becomes part of my day um, that when you're doing your research on YouTube or wherever else you go, there's a lot of really good information there. And then there's a no. But the flip side is there's no restriction on who can post and um, what they say and whether it's good information. So having two sources say the same things helps having a source that actually is your year make model can help because just because it's close doesn't mean it's the same um i have two trucks one is a 2007 old body style and i have a 2007 new body style they're both two south 2007 trucks they are completely different body styles the headlights are different the interior is different the seats the the way the 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 one has map lights the other one just has interior lights um that's simple one has an adjustable map light that puts the light right where you want it and you can focus it the other one just has a light with a lens that focuses it where they thought you should want it one doesn't have a backup camera. One does have a backup camera. One has backup sensors. The other one doesn't. Um, they're completely different vehicles, different different body style, different everything, even though they're both 2007 trucks. They are – so they're not the same vehicle. So make sure you've got the right vehicle when you're doing your research because if I try to change the map light out on my newer 2007, it will be a complete nightmare because – if I did research on my older 2007, even changing the headlight bulb. If I change a headlight bulb on the older 2007, it's really straightforward, simple. Two pins, rolls out, psh, no big deal. On the newer 2007, depending on which bulb, whichever what you're doing, you may have to pull the front bumper off to access the housing to remove the housing to change the bulb. What? Mm-hmm. They're the same year. They are completely two different body styles. So really be careful what you're doing and, and how you're doing your research. And and sometimes one person will do it one way and another person will do the same job a different way. And you'll find that the second way is better than the first way. Or the second way breaks things where the first way doesn't. And, and uh, years ago, the, the uh, Ford had the Ford Taurus. And I want to say it's late 90s, I think. Um, I believe so. The Ford Taurus had heater core problems. I don't remember what the cause was, but the heater cores did not last. The Thunderbirds had problems, too. Okay. Yeah. I had... I woke up to a wet floorboard one day. There you go. Okay. So you know about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So don't don't sleep on the passenger side floorboard on your car. It's really... It it sucks when you wake up with that. (laughs) I got into a wet floorboard. Let's put it that way. And you can't drive really either because now your heater core is... You overheat the car. Oh, yeah. You can overheat the car easily. Um, I've actually seen them on the Tauruses where the back seats have an inch of water, three inches of water in the back floorboard. Um, and but, 
I'm sorry, and believe me, it's easier to have a mechanic fix that. Too, oh, God. You got to tear apart the whole. Everything's got to come out. Yeah. Oh, it's just horrible. And that's a, I want to say it was like a 10 hour job or something. It was a big, expensive job well, to for do. Something it. that could have been on the outside of the firewall. Well, yeah, but then <laughs> no, no, that, that's a different, that's a different, uh, uh, uh gripe. All right. I'm um, on to your point now. <laughs> that, there, there's a lot to goes, there's a lot happening there. So, um, the, um, the Tauruses were very costly, very expensive to change. I've I've done a few. They you have to take. It seems like you took every screw out of the whole front of the car, and and it's amazing how many screws they can put in the dash of a car. Um, and it was very expensive and 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 a difficult job to do. And people, you know, had to have it done. Well, there was a person in town years ago. I think he passed. Um, that used to do that job in two hours. Oh. I'm like, you can't do that job in two hours. Nobody can do it in two hours. He could. What he would do is he would take a, a saw and he would cut open the heater box and remove the heater core, slide the new one in, and then just kind of tape the box back together. Oh, yeah, that doesn't work. Um, well, he did, and he got it done. Uh, it hacked it, and it wasn't right. But if you're, if you're driving a, an 89 Ford Taurus... Is not worth a lot today, and it's definitely not worth putting yeah. ten hours of labor into fixing. Yeah. If you could cut a hole in that box and swap the part out and make it worth running and still have a heater, then it might be worthwhile to you or gluing the box afterwards. Um, they have some pretty inc- incredible tapes nowadays too. So <laughs> watch what your video, watch your videos, watch how you're doing. If you choose to take on a project, or let's say you're going to be like. Um, what was the name of the Chuck with a Corvette? Chuck, yeah. You know, maybe if you're going to have your car fixed, you may want to sit down and go. Is it something, you know, have the shop diagnose it and go, is it something I want to tackle? Mm-hmm. People have done that, too. Yeah. So things to think about, things to play with. I hope you've had fun, and I hope you have a wonderful new year. I guess we're almost done. Are we, get, are we still good? Oh, uh, we got about 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Hope you have a wonderful New Year. Stay safe on the road. Watch yourself. Remember, if you want have good uh, underinsured and non-insured motor insurance coverage on your car. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.